This is Lawyer versus Lawyer. This is Gary Berger. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Gary. It's good to be back together. How good are to, you? Good to see you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How is, uh, it's like the end of the year. It's getting to be the end of the year. Did you get everything done in this year you're supposed to? No, I have a long list. <laughs> Me too. I, I got to be busy the last quarter. You've been trying cases and doing stuff. Yeah. Let me turn to the topic of the day, if I could. I am distinguished guest. I am excited to introduce our distinguished guest, Grant Doty. Uh, hi, Grant. Hi, good to see you, Gary. Thanks for coming on our podcast and talking with us. We appreciate it. So, by way of introduction, Grant Doty is one of the best runners I know. He was he and I ran together in high school at Parkway South. He's an '84 grad. I'm an '85 grad. He's much better runner than I. And uh, Grant then went on in life, and I went in school with his younger sister, graduated with me, and then he went in and did a great career, and we're going to talk to him about that. And then, then he became a lawyer, and, and about four months ago or so, came uh, matriculated over to work with me. So there That's it is. That's exciting. I tricked you about how long I knew him you before did. we started. You asked me, and I said, what, 10 years? We're getting, Debbie, we're getting, we're getting older. Yeah. Our friends are now we like are. decades now. Grant does have that runner's body, but I bet you're the better diver. <laughs> are you <laughs> saying that I do not have a runner's body? <laughs> you have the diver body. What does that mean? That it's a sedentary sport <laughs> where I just go underwater you every see, morning? You oh, see wow. Michael Phelps? You know, you get the broad shoulders. Okay. That's a swimmer's body, not a diver's body. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of neoprene around. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of covering. I wear a lot of covering. Um, so, uh, Grant, welcome. I well, can't thank wait you. to hear about it. Well, I appreciate you having me. Why did you, why, what was your decision in going to West Point after high school? How did that, well, how was that decision and how did it work out for you? You know, I tell you, when I, when I went to uh, West Point, I, uh, I kind of did it on a whim. Uh, I, it was not something that my family had done. Were you like my, a service family, like so many families? I, I, I did. I, my, my grandfather was an, in the Navy as a young seaman uh, during World War II, and that was my only experience, really, with, with the military. And, uh, you know, I think one day, I, I joke with my boys, I, I got this pamphlet from the Coast Guard Academy, and it had two things I liked on the cover. A cute girl, and they were, and they, and they were playing ultimate frisbee. And I thought, you know, I can do those two things. I like girls and I like ultimate frisbee, so I applied. Uh, and it's kind of on a whim. And as it turned out, because I applied, West Point also sent me some literature, and I applied there as well. And lo and behold, I got in. Did you have to have a recommendation from a senator? So you do, Who yeah. Who was? So, yeah, so I had uh, Robert Young. Do you remember uh, yeah. Congressman Young? Yeah. So he was a, uh, a congressman from, uh, from Missouri. And, you know, what's interesting is you can apply. And so people shouldn't get discouraged because they think, oh, I don't know anybody fancy. You know, once you apply, uh, West Point wants to get really good kids in there. And so they actually match you up with, with congressmen and senators who have spots. So, That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. I never knew. How did you know he needed a senator recommendation? I just know for those, some of those schools you do, uh, some of the uh, Air Force Academy, uh, West Point, Naval yeah. Academy, typically they ask your one of your federal I never elected. knew it. That's news to me. So what were you interested in going into long term? You know, I really thought, you know, you owed five years when you left West yeah. Point, And I thought, you know, it would just be a really good chance to learn leadership. Um, and so I actually didn't go in thinking one particular thing. But as yeah. I was there, I decided I wanted to be a combat engineer because it's kind of, uh, you know, landmines and demolitions. So as, a, you know, an 18 or 20-year-old, yeah. I mean, there's nothing better. That sounds better really cool. Than, nothing better than blowing things up. 
Um, and then as it turned out, I did that for, I did it for five years. Is that strategy? It's strategist kind of? No. Well, see, that's a really it's good, physical. Yeah, it's all physical. Okay. But what's interesting though is, is that I, my last 10 years in the military, I actually did strategy. So I was a combat engineer at the beginning, including I, my, my, you know, I graduated from West Point in 88. Um, and, and actually I was a young lieutenant in Desert Storm. So that was my sort of first war that sure. I did. Um, Where were you? Uh, so we started, you know, I was at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So it was an airborne unit, which is kind of cool. Again, my kids, I want to say, I hate to tell you, Gary, and you know, I know you have lawyers who listen to this. My kids, when I tell them about what I did in the past, and I say I blew things up and I jumped out of planes, I'm really high on the cool scale. And now <laughs> I have progressed from that through strategist to now I'm a lawyer. And I'm telling you that that's a downward slope. A great stipulator. I hear you. I hear you. So you you did armed you 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 armed combat in in Desert Storm. I did in the is, Iran Iraq war in the war. We did. So that Iraq was war. yeah, and that was actually really um, you know I was I did I did a second war. I did Kosovo, but I was uh, pretty high up in rank, not high high rank, but I mean I I, I wasn't a leader of men. And then I did uh, Iraq the second time. I was there from oh four to oh five. And by that time, I was in a palace doing strategy. So what does the palace mean? Does it mean a big tent? No, I wish it. So I was in tents in Desert Storm, but in, no, this was a palace that Saddam Hussein had, and it was on the outside. Really a palace? Literally. You, I thought you were joking. Oh, had, I, thought, I thought it was just a short term. No, it had. It literally had golden toilets, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty fancy. And who, well, who was the general you worked under? So I worked for the top general, whose name is General George Casey. Right. And as it turned general out, Casey. yeah, so he was the head of Iraq when, when I was over there. Uh, and then, uh, actually, I left to be a speechwriter, and he ended up coming to be the uh, uh, chief of staff of the army, which is on the Joint, St Joint Chiefs. Sure. And he had me write speeches for him when he was on the Joint Chiefs. He was, a, he was the speechwriter for the top people in the army for three years? That's really cool. Five years? Three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. So when you say you were a speechwriter, that was your job in the army? I was all I did, and actually, I was the, I was actually called the chief speechwriter because the army chief of staff had two speechwriters, and so I supervised another speechwriter. That's incredible! I never knew that was a position. He's an amazing writer. Well, I get, I get these edits back from him. I'm like, oh man, I got to up my game. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, that was. Is there any lessons that you learned in that experience? And this may be that that translate to the legal profession. That may be a bad question. No, it's. I think. It's, I think it's a good question. I mean, I. I a, a few things. I think. I mean, uh, you know, the one thing I think matters most in the military, and people, you know, sort of think, well, why is it? You know, you got to. You got to know how to shoot and stuff. I think it's integrity. Um, you know, your word. I mean, you hear the stories when you're a young lieutenant that if you, you know, you're. Your company commander expects you to get to a certain location, and you know he'll be mad, and he'll yell at you if you don't get there. Um, and so you tell him, I'm there, even though if you're not, you could put yourself in a spot where you could be shot at because they're thinking you're someplace else. Um, and I think, you know, in the law, I mean, I think... Do they my, teach you integrity in the Army? A hundred percent. And good. of course... That's good. To, that's great. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, they do. And of course, you know, every every... Every field of endeavor, you know, people don't meet that standard. I mean, so I, I will admit, you know, there are people in the Army who weren't that way. But, you know, I think in the, the legal profession, and you and I, you know, we work with people, Debbie as well. You know, you know, my word matters. And I think it's really important when you trust the people you work with on the other side, adversarial or, or collegial. Um, so I think integrity is probably the number one thing. How has you – so the, one of the funny things for me working with you, and it's such a pleasure, is 
old friends, we go our different ways, you have successes, I have successes, then you come work with me. One of the funny things I've been talking to him about is, so he wasn't a PI lawyer before he did other things we're about to talk about, yeah. but I'll tell him, like, like he'd be like, he's working with other lawyers on the other side, I'm like, good guy, trust him, bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Do and he's, he's like, at first he was like, why are you telling me that? But have you figured out, tell me, what, have you yeah. figured out that that's... Whether someone has integrity on the other side changes how you litigate against them. Absolutely does. Yeah, and it's kind of disappointing because, I mean, I, I go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's, what's disappointing is, I mean, I, I worked at the ACLU, and, of course, we had clients who would not be, you know, really great clients, you know, the Westboro Baptist Church and the KKK. Yeah. But everyone I dealt with, when I dealt with, like, the state of Missouri, because obviously you sued governments, they were completely trustworthy and honest. And it wasn't personal. And you really, really? – I, I, had, I had great experience. And unfortunately, I mean, I've seen, you know, I've only been here, you know, three months. And I would say most of our people that we deal with on the other side are great, you know, willing to coach me and talk to me. But a couple of them, less so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wrote down something you said. I love that. Did you catch what he said where it doesn't really matter what you're in? Every In every field of endeavor, people don't meet the standard of There are people who don't meet the standard of integrity. And that's what you're dealing with here. It's just that we know the ones who don't. And that's the ones we know to warn against. Otherwise, you don't really comment. You know, if he says I'm working against something, you don't really comment unless there's a reason to comment. He came out of a depot. And I'm not going to say it was. He came out of a depot. And he's like, this, this, this. And I go, who was the lawyer? And he said the name. I was like, I was like, I was like oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I should have told you. I got busy. I apologize. Right, right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we talk about this. We've talked about this in other podcasts. And, you know, we do, we think... You know, we have our ethics rules and we have our oath as lawyers and we think that um, our integrity is, you know, that, that's the guidelines that, bind, that, that, that regulate our, our, our integrity. Um, but there are the people that fail. I mean, I sit, you know, we get ethics complaints. I sit on the Regional Disciplinary Commission. I got a meeting tomorrow on it. And uh, so, yeah, how do you, how do you, how have you found Grant... Um, uh, enforcing integrity as a lawyer different than in the army. Ooh, that's a good question. I finally, yeah. got to a you, good one. You've been yeah. thinking about this. Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, I don't. It's really hard, right? I mean, I don't know if you enforce it against the other side as much as I think you 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 try to set the example, right? I think that I would like to think that my integrity and by demonstrating on what I do day to day, the other side is going to reciprocate. Um, you're right; they don't always do that but I, I mean I think it's a profession I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable I'm proud to say I'm a lawyer I am proud to say I'm a lawyer because I do think most people follow it it's unfortunate when when those that don't don't it's Debbie, hard. Debbie can I turn the question to yeah. you because and I don't mean to interrupt you yeah. how do you enforce integrity or try to make people well, have that embarrassing in others. That Grant just gave. <laughs> you, 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 I'm sure you have a better answer. Yeah. Because I'm just, I, you know, I generally just want to pound on people who are that way. So my answer is really embarrassing, and it shows I don't have a very good. No, standard. tell me, no. But like I do. I, so yesterday, I'm dealing with an attorney who you would know who is a nice person, a little odd, but a nice person. And we got into a bit of an email spat, and he said to me, why don't we just have a call? I think it'll be okay. It was really funny. I thought, 
that was a brilliant idea because as soon as we talk, we're okay. Because a lot of what I say sounds more hateful unless you listen to it with my accent. <laughs> but I'm not a good emailer. So, but, but the point is the people who do lead by example, like he did to me, let's just back off and talk about this on the phone and we'll work it out. And we did. And so I would like to say that I lead by example. Maybe I wish I did a little bit more. I I do. Uh, can I answer the question yeah, on the lead by do. example that you have? I'm an, excited to hear it. Well, I don't. I I'm, I'm I try to, but I do the same thing. I get into my little rut or get my. I got too much Irish in me, or we I get too. I get too. And I'm like, I want to win this email battle. I want to win this. And sometimes it takes me a second to step back yeah, and say, yeah. you know what? Let's do this on the phone call. Or, but I'm I'm pretty good about. Not sending that email that I should have waited till tomorrow about. But, you know, I do my best. You are probably better than me, but we Uh, are alike in one thing, and that is we get over it quickly. Yeah. I don't hold grudges, so at least that. I got that part down. It's the first part I need to not get riled up about. So, all right, I'm going to follow your example. No, but I would say, though, I mean, but but you guys have had a longer career. One thing I think we'll get at is I've only been a lawyer for 15 years. I was not a lawyer in the Army. And so you guys have a lot more repeat customers who you have to interact with. So I think the bigger question, Gary, will be when I run across a couple of those lawyers who you and I have commented about, again, now that I know about them, and how will my behavior be different? And I'll be curious to see. I'll try to to be... I I had a... Yeah, I had a lawyer... Uh, last week, who you know very well, Debbie, <laughs> who made my client cry in a depot. Oh, no. And um, You'll have to tell me off, off well, screen. And, and um, I brought her back. And she sat where you sat, and she was just nervous. And she was, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And we went back in. And before we got on the record, I said, you can do this. You can do what you're doing. He had her show her like he's like who's your who's your cleaning lady and he made her show her his phone so he could get her phone number and and which is something you would do no i wouldn't well i don't know why would i care who the cleaning anyway but the point is is that i said you know what before we got you know this is what you know you made her cry da 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 can we just do can we do this but can we take the edge off a little bit he didn't say anything he didn't need to he heard me and then he went through and we got through it and it was fine and she never cried again and he heard me and I heard him. Yeah. But I, but he had a job to do too. I respect yeah. him yeah. and what he was doing. That's and, funny. But she was a little she was a little sensitive too. Yeah. A lot of people that would would not thrown her. I wasn't I'm not saying he would do anything wrong. Um so anyway, but part of it's the It's not point, an easy job. What we do every day, it's not it's easy. It's judgment calls. It's and, and you know a lot of what we do is we become hardened to other people's suffering and that doesn't mean their pain and suffering it means the discomfort we're putting them through we become hardened to that it's just another one right right yeah Yeah, just another guy they're just going through this let's get this done but the other thing too that you that i find you do is not just lead by example i'm going to always be nice i'm going to always turn the other cheek is that you have a duty to protect your client and, and make it an equal playing field on both sides. You don't want to you don't want anybody taking uh, advantage of someone because they don't sit in depots all the day. So you gotta, I think, and you gotta you gotta hold that line. And the other thing, I think, it's hard to do with a court t- saying that someone's lying because if if you're a judge, just like we get hardened to things, judges get hardened to lawyers yeah. whining at each other. You lied. No, you lied. No, you lied. I, I, so that's hard to battle. And unfortunately, 
lawyers who bend the truth and, and do that, they can score points. They can get advantage in litigation by those tactics because they do work sometimes yeah. because the judge doesn't want to hear every little thing. Did you produce that? I gave it to you. No, you didn't. Or you said this. No, I didn't. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So you're in the military. You retire. I did. What year? So I retired in 2008. And then you went to law school. Well, so I, so I knew. Well, I guess before that. I, did, actually, that I actually went to law school. He's really smart. At night. Uh, so I was in Washington, D.C., very lucky. I had a couple of uh, jobs there in the early 2000s. And I said, I, you know, I, I was getting tired of, of, of war, basically. I mean, yeah. it was just, you know, nonstop war. And so I applied to go to law school uh, and started in 2002. And, you know, it, it normally takes four years if you do it by night. Um, but because I went to Iraq for a year in between, and then when I got home, I needed to reconnect with my family. So it, it took me six years. So you all, you all did it in three. I, you know, I, I tell people I've got maybe twice as much law school as you. <laughs> so, of course, my sons point out that it means I'm probably I'm pretty slow. I'm twice as slow. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. So, I, so I, actually, I actually graduated. Believe it or not, I retired at the Pentagon on uh, on a on a Friday. And then my, my graduation at, at uh, law school was the next day, Saturday. Wow. Talk about shutting the door on one career and opening change. it on another. Were you nervous about that? I was nervous. Or were I, you ready? I think I was naive. I think I was naive. I, 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 I actually had uh, I signed up to work for a big firm here in St. Louis. I moved home because my wife's family was here. So this yeah. was, this was a, you know, we intentionally moved here. And I, I think, you know, looking at sort of big firm practicing, I'm not going to mention it because I like the firm. Um, but I think being a, a, a young associate at a big firm sucks. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's also a huge it's a transition whole... from the military as your employer to any normal. Absolutely, but I look, I look at the, I look at the young. So these are basically, you know, twenty-five-year-olds who are going, and so I would think it sucks at age twenty-five to do that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was forty-two. Yeah. And so I was, I was completely not happy. Uh, in doing that, and, and I didn't last very long, and then I had to leave, and I went to go work for the ACLU. And so, tell us about that. How was the ACLU? The Were ACLU there for seven years. So I was there for I was there for five years, five from, years. from 2010 to 2015. And I will tell you, it was it was an exceptional uh, an exceptional experience. Uh, you know, when I was hired, there was just one attorney. It was the the legal director, uh, Tony Rother, who I just think the world of. Where were you here in St. Louis? That's what I thought. And so the ACLU of Missouri had one attorney, and so when they hired me, I was attorney number two. And so wow. just the experience. I mean, I you know I I, I laughed. Rother's a great lawyer to learn from, learn from isn't he? He's accepted. I mean, he's brilliant, and, uh, and 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 the thing was, he he was a good coach and a good mentor, and he and he trusted me. And you know, there's there's a room for, as you know, lawyers. There's room to make mistakes, and you know, I, I sort of I look at the mistakes that I made, um, and you know, over five years, it was uh, a, a really a tremendous experience. So, how does the ACLU get cases? Yeah. Yeah. So what's great is, is that it's, uh, you know, we get intake just like I think law firms have. I mean, people call in or the email and they say, I have this, this particular legal problem. And we have law clerks who, who are, you know, law students primarily who do research and we decide whether or not we're going to take it. And ultimately, though, it's not the lawyers who pick. There's a board. The ACLU has a, a legal committee that, that vets the cases to make sure that, in fact, it's, it supports the, the purposes of the ACLU. Uh, and then once they approve it, then we litigate. Is that employee board or? 
It's a volunteer board, and okay. it's and it's and it's. I want to say it's it's all lawyers, and I know we would meet once a month, and there's some exceptions. So, for example, I mean, you know, we talk about bad clients, you know, not bad clients, yeah. but clients who do, you know, not necessarily bad things. So, for example, one of the early cases we had, the the local KKK wanted to have a picnic at a state park, and they contacted us on a Wednesday to say that their picnic, which was going to happen on Saturday, the the state wasn't allowing them to have an event at a state park. And we looked at why they rejected them. And they clearly rejected them because they were the KKK and they didn't like the KKK's message. And as it turns out, uh, you know, we don't have to wait a month. So we, you know, we, 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 we signed them on as clients. We sued on a Thursday. We had a, a preliminary injo- a TRO hearing yeah. on Friday and we won. And, and, and the case is over. Yeah. So sometimes it can go quite fast. That is fascinating, though. It is ironic to have that sort of client. But, of course, their rights were be violated. They are. Yeah. And it's, they have uh, rights, too. They are, and you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's maybe a separate separate talk about legal ethics, but I mean, a lot yeah. of times people say yeah. people say to you, "Oh, well, you can get over the fact that you're 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 working for the KKK or the Westboro Baptist Church because you just you're really defending you represent the principle, the First Amendment." And I I I taught at law school, and I've, I've you know I've been a guest lecturer. And I say, can you, you know, that's right, right? I mean, you're just representing the First Amendment. And, and they all nod, right? I mean, of course, yeah. And the answer is no. The answer is no. You, 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 Who's your client? You, the person that signed your retainer says it's the KKK. Now, you can set the terms of your, your relationship with the person. And clearly, that's something that we want to make sure that we, we do. But, yeah, there's no question. They were my clients. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's where the rubber meets the road of the First Amendment, the ACLU. When you have Westboro Baptist Church or KKK or whoever is on the opposite of your views, it is. And and you know sometimes you think it's hard, and, and sometimes it, it you know might be hard. I mean, Westboro Baptist Church is one that comes to mind, having been in the military. But another one, I we joke, we just had the the. God, uh, do they still do that? Do they still go yes. to these funerals? Yeah, but there's just not many of these funerals around. But uh, because there's less war, there's less war. But yeah, but as an example, maybe a little less sort of, but just to show you how, uh, you know, I talked about a drunk driver, how I would have a hard time representing them. Um, You know, we just had, we're now here in October, we just had the 9-11 anniversary. And one of the things that Gary knows about, because I've talked to folks about it, was I was in the Pentagon on 9-11, and the plane actually went underneath my office. Oh my God. Um, As it turned out, my floor, no one died. People on the first floor died below me. But what's interesting is one of our clients very first client, one of the very first clients I had at the ACLU was a gentleman who would stand out here on an overpass over 44 here right close to town and he had a sign and it was a huge sign that said 9-11 was an inside job. He was absolutely convinced that there was someone who shot a missile from the, from the hill by the Pentagon and shot the Pentagon with a missile. And I, I laughed with him. I said, I want to totally represent you. And this is, you know, free, you have a total right to say this. But I said, by the way, I was there and I did see plane pieces. <laughs> you know, there, were, there were actually plane pieces next to me. But, you know. What were, did he say? So he said, I want to talk to you about it sometime. And I said, well, I'm not, I, we didn't want, I didn't want to engage him. He was a very nice man. Right, right. A very nice man. And we won his case. All the way, went all the way to the Eighth Circuit and we, and we, we won. Um, so, yeah, it's. It's sometimes hard to do, but I think a lot of times with speech and again, you know, you know, the, the fact that you can get crazy ideas out there, uh, those crazy ideas ideally are going to be, um, you know, disproved by other people talking. But sometimes we see that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I'm, I admire that. That's interesting. I don't know how you couldn't. 
I mean, I don't think I would be able to not try to change his opinion. <laughs> so I respect that you didn't, but it's hard. Did you try to change those people's opinions or have those types of conversations with them? Or are you like, I'm not going to persuade them, so what's the point? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, um, I think trying to convince someone of a religion is, is, I mean, I think they were totally, like Westboro Baptist Church, completely sincere in their religious beliefs. I mean, I, I have no, no problem saying that. Um, and, you know, the, oftentimes religions have views that other religions or non-believers think are crazy. I'm not, not going to convince someone who holds those beliefs. And they have a First Amendment right to believe them, and that is very important to our country. Absolutely. Regardless of whether you uh, agree with the content of the speech. A hundred percent. In fact, there's, there's really, it's, it's one of the things I find is interesting is the Westboro Baptist Church is actually sort of a Calvinist view, and the view is that God is a punisher. He's a, he's a, he's an old Testament God who punishes uh, people and countries when they, and in their view, they, God was punishing America because it tolerated LGBT, right? That's the sort of thing. But if you take a look back and read like Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address, he was a Calvinist. He said the reason that we are going through this horrible war is because um, God is punishing America because of slavery. And so it's the same, you know, I don't want to put yeah. Abraham Lincoln and the Westboro Baptist Church on the same level, but I mean, I think those beliefs, you can That's kind right. of see where they are. The similarity, yeah. The logical similarity, at least. Interesting. So ACLU, and then what else? So then after that, I, I, I actually, uh, Gary knows we have, we have kids who went to school together, and, uh, you know, kids cost money. And so as much as the ACLU was good, it wasn't, I needed some extra money. Yeah. So I went to go work for the federal government again, working at the EEOC. So I was an employment lawyer for the last seven years. And so what did you do for the EEOC? So they have, so it's a, a St. Louis uh, regional office, so it's basically yeah. five states. And basically you probably... 40% of your time, you advise investigators on what sort of things you're looking for to find discrimination. And then the other 60% is, is litigation. It's all federal, all federal litigation. So you take the cases they decide to prosecute, you prosecute the case. Correct. The lawyer. Yeah, that's right. That's interesting, too. You've got some stories, which we probably can't get into. No, but, yeah. <laughs> but you do have The EOC has a robust, I mean, it's a busy practice, isn't it? There's it is a, a busy, lot going on. It is a busy practice, but as you probably know, if you've done employment law in your practices, you know, most of our cases are litigated by private right. attorneys. And so a lot of times we're just helping get the investigators to get the cases up. Through the, through the, the investigation, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. So, so we didn't litigate as much as as we do sort of here for you, Gary. I mean, I, we we litigate a lot. The EOC does not. What about uh, how is there? What's been the differences coming into a personal injury plaintiff's practice in the last few months from your prior experience as as counsel as a lawyer? I like the pace. I mean, it is just nonstop. I mean, it is nonstop, and I, I mean that's how I like to kind of operate. I mean, I joke about attention deficit disorder, but in some ways, right? I mean, it does help. In, in, in some ways, I mean, it is it's very, very good. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's more, this, what I do now is more similar to what I did at the ACLU um, than, I, than I did at the EEOC. Uh, you know, and the number of cases that I have are, are uh, and the different types of cases, it's invigorating. I mean, I like coming to work every day. Uh, I like when I leave the day and I feel like I've accomplished something. It's, it's good. 
You know, it's it's one of the things that you have many talent. One of the things that just strikes me hearing your story again, I've heard it before, is that the courage that you've had throughout your life to try new things, embrace new things, do new things. And that's a real testament to you, you know. It's hard to sit and go to law school at age 36. Yeah. And then go do that with people that are 15 yeah. years young. And then that's have hard. a career and then do that and to serve and serve, and you served at the highest levels of the in the army, and then, and then do these different jobs. So uh, it's very interesting. Very, do you feel courageous? No, I appreciate you saying so. But I mean, what's interesting though is, I mean, you notice that I mean, there's different types of courage, right? I mean, I think you know, you talk. There could be physical courage. I mean, maybe early in my career, you know, jumping out of a plane could be physically yeah. courageous. But I mean, I really think lawyers on a daily basis it requires moral courage, right? Moral courage, and and it, and it requires. You know, I think courage and sometimes taking really real risk. I mean, I've told you, Gary, I mean, I, I, you know, and you took a chance on me. I mean, to the extent that you're hiring someone who's 56, um, who hasn't done a PI work before, and I mean, that, you know, courage might not be the word you'd put on it, but I mean, you're sort of taking, a, I think, a calculated chance. And I think you set up a business and a law firm. You're taking some calculated risks and chances. You're that old? <laughs> you do, you know, Can I say that? <laughs> this is an employment lawyer. Am I allowed to say that? You take those chances, though, with every employee. You really do. We take do. equal, don't you think, even a known entity? You do. Because they all have different challenges. They all Different do. skills and different... Yeah. Different things. Yeah. Different, th- different so things. So what do you think your biggest challenge has been so far? We'll end it kind of with that. Um, here? No. Just in, just what you've overcome a ton of challenges, it sounds like. So, I mean, you know, I, 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 raising children. I mean, is I, that I, right? I mean, I just, you know. And, and, That's you know, a tough thing. It is. I mean, I have, three, I have three boys who are amazing kids. But, I mean, you know, each of them have provided, you know, joys beyond, beyond measure. But, I mean, there's challenges in parenting. And I yeah. think it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, and marriage. I mean, marriage is hard, marriage is hard as well too. I mean, people so, don't talk about that. Yeah. They all you all enter thinking it's going to be so blissful. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. We're not going to. Can I change the subject? Yeah. No. Uh, marriage. Well, when you're you married to such that. a lovely wife as I have, it's it true is. There's it's no. Easy. It's pretty easy. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think we're all married to amazing people. We are. Having know all of but our... But my husband stuff. is not. <laughs> not what? Married to an amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful. <laughs> I saw a picture of you on Facebook and someone come like, hey, he made it into a picture. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, Grant, hey, listen, you know, our time's up today. Uh uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing part of your life. It's a fascinating it's story. It's a pleasure to me. Well, thank you both. Thank you. Uh, thank this you. has been an, and thanks for working with me. I really enjoyed. It. He's really a great to work with. He's so, it's so much fun. That's good. Uh, well, teaching you him some things, but also yourself. learning from him Isn't and being surrounded by good people. Plus, he's going to know a lot of stuff you never knew you needed to know. He does. He's like, so you should do it this. I'm like, oh, maybe we should. And you know, and it's he's like. Why do you you want to laugh at me? Yeah. I'm such a I'm so so uh, I so I for years I would file a reply to affirmative defenses because I started doing it a long time <laughs> ago. I know and then he goes and he he did it he did it and he's like you know and he researched it you know you don't have to do that I'm like oh get, darn it I guess I don't and we stopped so yeah I can still learn new things too so we all can. 
Anyway, thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Debbie.